right, welcome everybody. Today I have a uh, other guest on. Is that Dre Booker? He's um, you turned pro. It's not too. It wasn't too long ago, was it? How long ago was it? You got your pro card? Uh, it's October, so I got my pro card the fourth of July weekend. So it's been three months, a little over three months. Oh, that's right, that's right. So um, and you turned pro in um, you turned pro in physique, but now you're getting ready to do in the classic physique, right? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I I trained when I did. It's crazy, man. When I did the show, um, men's physique was just something that me and my coach was like, well, look, you got the V taper, you got the wide back, you got the shoulders. So we just gonna you gonna do both. But we're gonna train for classic. We want to turn pro in classic. So I, we we took the stage for classic. I got first call outs. Ended up getting fourth fourth place. Um, then we did um, physique. I took the stage for physique. I got center box. Um, which, but I ended up taking second. But it, I still turned. You know, you, you know, first two gets their pro card. First and second gets their pro card. But uh, so yeah, yeah. So I, I turned pro in men's physique. So what's the what's the goal now? Are you gonna you gonna you still when you do um, doing the pro shows, you're gonna shoot for classic. Gonna get a little bigger and shoot for that now. I'm gonna shoot for classic, yeah, um, because you know they give they give you more more leniency to, to be heavier, you know. So for my for my height, the cutoff is 215. In the NPC, the cutoff is 205. So I got a 10 pound difference. You know, I can actually come in a little a lot heavier than I came in because, like I told you, you know, I came in at 195, man. Like I Jesus. was peeled, dude. Like I I got my BMI before I took my flight and I was like 3.5% body fat. How much did and the I flight, had, how much did the flight affect that? Like when you flew over there, were you still, you didn't have to do anything to dry back out or were you good? No, well, see, I know I don't, I, I don't tend to gain water on flights. It's crazy. I don't, I don't tend to put on water. Um, so I was good. So what I did when I landed was I just slept, I slept and uh, <laughs> I, went, I slept for like 10 hours, man. Like I, and I went and weighed in, I weighed in at 195. So, um, and then after that, you know, just the carb up and the and the water depletion and all that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we 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 were confident in the conditioning. I've always been confident in my conditioning because conditioning literally is just you know suffering. That's it. Like anybody yeah. that's ever, yeah, everybody that's ever been peeled will tell you it's just a lot of suffering. That's it. Dude, you were fucking like thin skin. I saw some pictures you had posted, and you were all the lines, everything was there. I was looking through it yesterday. I was like, damn, dude, this guy got to the bone shredded and oh, you don't yeah. see that a lot these days yeah yeah it's crazy man like you don't you don't um you know i mean even on the pro level i look at some of the pro guys and i'm like man they could come in a lot more you know crispier than they are but yeah. uh yeah but i mean it's just it's suffering man it's hard for most people you know you have to literally get in a mind frame you know like that type of shit you gotta literally just just put your mind to a point of where okay this shit's gonna be hard but it's temporary and there's a goal at hand you know what i'm saying um, yeah, a lot of people just aren't able to do that, you know, and it's it's very uncomfortable, man. Like it's very uncomfortable. Like when I was training for Universe, I was training. I live in I live in you know North Louisiana, East Texas area. So like I was literally training in the heat, dude. Like I was training, like I was literally training in 90 percent humidity, hundred degrees, you know, every day just to get to that point. Um, and it paid off. You know, I would tell my friend all the time, like, I know I have to do this because other people aren't doing this. If I can do what other people aren't doing or, and aren't willing to do, then I'm going to look better than them once showtime comes. And that's, Dude, that, that's the whole. That is the one thing right there that you just said that a lot of people forget when the shit gets hard. When it shit, I mean, when you because, you know, when you start. When you, one of the, I remember one of the times I got in the best condition ever. I actually had stride glutes for a short frame of time. There's a point where you hit where. 
your body is not designed to get that low in body fat. So even mentally, it will start fucking with you. It will start telling you stuff. You'll start seeing shit and start thinking things and, and you will contemplate any reason to back off. And But you have to remind yourself of what you said is there's other people that can't do this. I have to, because and that's what separates who's going to win and who doesn't. If you talk to a lot of 90s bodybuilders, they say the same shit. They talk about the suffering, falling asleep, doing cardio, doing shit nobody can do. And that determines who the winner is going to be. But that at that breaking point, like when you start getting in single digits of body fat, you're trying to go lower. Like your your mind will start fighting you and trying to get you to back off at whatever cost. And it takes a strong person to fight through that shit. Dude, your body goes in survival mode, man. Like you're literally, your body is literally in survival mode because you're, like you said, you're not meant to be that that low end body fat. You're not meant to be that lean. It's very uncomfortable. Like I have insomnia anyway. So there have been times, like there was times when I was probably three, four weeks out when I was really getting low to where like, I'm tired as hell. Like I'm talking about, I'm tired as shit, but I can't go to sleep because yeah. I got insomnia. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, just laying there in fucking misery like oh my god man like what's what's going on like it's dude it, it was rough man it was rough but like you said when you when you get to that point you have to remind yourself of the goal like there is a goal at hand you know and if you can if you can look better and, and if you can train harder push your body harder you know for a fact like you're going to look better than the guys on stage that's going to be the difference between fifth place and first place you know yeah. what i'm saying because at that level dude everybody's huge everybody's big. You know what I'm saying? Like you just got to separate yourself by coming in as, as, as peeled and as conditioned as possible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's when somebody attempts to go through that part, like as me, as a trainer, you want to limit the amount of time they spend going through the suffering part, but you remind, like there is going to be a part where it's, you're not going to want to do this. Like, that's just how it is. And when people, when people get to that point, I think, that's when they start understanding there's only a, that's why only a very small percentage of people can keep doing this. Yes. Yes. And that, and that's, you know, I talk to a lot of guys that want to compete, man, and they start, they'll start prep. I, I know guys do that have, have been in prep eight, six, seven, eight, nine times, man. And they'll start the process. And once, once it gets to that part where, all right, it's time to suffer. It's time to get uncomfortable. They're like, Oh shit. I, I, you know, they make an excuse as to why they can't do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, uh, I got work or I got the kids or, you know, but in, in retrospect, you know, me, I've been doing, I've did, I've done eight shows, you know what I'm saying? So like, I've done it enough to where I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I know why you pulling out. You uncomfortable. <laughs> you, know <what> <laughs> yeah. you don't expect this. Like that's, it's, you know, people, people that's outside the bodybuilding world, they really look at us like just a bunch of meatheads that, that lift weights and eat a lot. Yeah. But when you're in prep, when you're in that mode to get shredded and get ripped for that show, Man, that's 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 not even really a, an essential part of it. It's really not, you know. Yeah. The mental game is really big in the sport. I think a lot of people don't realize that until they try to do it. It's uh, yeah. when was uh, when was the first time you competed? Okay, so the, it's all right. My bodybuilding journey is weird, man. So the first time I actually stepped on stage was the day after my high school graduation. I was seventeen years old. It was ten years ago. I was seventeen years old, and um. I got my ass kicked, man, like literally handed to me in the teenage division. I did a teenage division. I got my ass handed to me. I've always been like infatuated with bodybuilding. And so there was a bodybuilding show like 20 miles away from me. And I was like, well, shit, well, let me jump in and do it. Obviously, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, um, I was just lifting weights. I was like, well, let me do it. So I got there and and most of the guys there actually knew somewhat of what they were doing. And I took last place. Uh, (laughs) So um, 
so after that, I took a, I took some time off. Um, I got to college, and there was another show, you know, uh, in the town I was in college in in 2016, and um, I was like, oh shit, another bodybuilder show. Let me hop in and see how I can do. And again, I got my ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so after that, you know, I started to research it more and just you know kind of and you know just kind of educate myself on it. I was like, oh shit, this is not what I you know, what I really thought it was, you know, these guys are, you know, it's, it's a science to this. It's, it's literally a science. So I coached myself in the Louisiana state show in 2018. I coached myself. I took third place, right. Um, I took third place in classic physique. And, um, cause at the time classic, that was the, I think that was like the first year they, yeah. they bought in class. Yeah. And so, you know, I was, I was like, okay, this is, this is a cool division because I mean, I'm not a mass monster. I'm more, I got the small ways, you know, I, I fit, I fit the description of the classic guy. So I did yeah. that. I took third. Then I got a coach, um, Beast Factory, Bobby, Bobby, uh, Bobby Farley out of Atlanta. Great guy. Um, he coached me the next show I did, the Southern Muscle in 2018. I took overall in classic physique. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. We, we, we going places now. Okay, cool. So I know I can, I know I can win this shit. I know I can do it. Uh, <laughs> so after that, I did my, I did the uh, Orlando Europa. I won both of my classes and and placed second in the overall because I did I did classic physique and I did physique, and I won both my classes. But I got second in, in the overall of both of them. After that, I did a few national shows. Uh, I got my ass kicked at Junior USA's in 2019. Took last place in, in classic. Um, after that, we did um, we did Pittsburgh. I got second call outs in Pittsburgh. Then we did, uh, then, then COVID hit after that, after COVID came, I did nationals last year. I did Miami, well, the Orlando nationals last year, took second call outs again, um, change, made some changes, changed coaches. And, uh, this year we did two shows this year. Actually the show I did this year as my national qualifier was the show that 10 years ago, I got my ass kicked in after the day after my high school graduation. And I, I won two overalls this year in that show. Damn. Uh, yeah. So 10 years later, I came back and dominated the fucking show that I got my ass kicked in just on stage as a teenager, uh, literally 10 years later, literally 10 years later. And so after that, we did uh, we did Universe and, you know, got, I got the pro card. At Universe. Yeah. Um, what was the what you say you got beat the first couple of times? What made you keep wanting to go back? I just love the sport, man. Like I've always been infatuated with bodybuilding. I've always just wanted to be, you know, it started out with me just wanting to be a big motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Be, right, right. But you know, as I as I got more into it, started reading magazines. Like I used to, I, I used to subscribe to Flex magazine. I still have a cutout of uh Jay Cutler that I cut out when I was like 14, 15 years old when I first started getting into it. Like I was like, oh man, you know, because he was the man at that at that time, you know, he was like at the top. Yeah. And um yeah, so I started, I, I cut out, I made a cut out of him. I put it over my bed and that's, I used to look at it all the time. It's like, you know, motivation. Um, so I started training, man. It's just, it was something that I always wanted to do. And I mean, where I'm from, man, it's like really not much to do. So you either find a hobby, some of you love, some of you passionate about, or you you get in trouble, you know, so yeah. you, get, you get in trouble, some stupid shit happens, you go to jail or whatever. But, um, so that was my thing, man. Bodybuilding has always been my thing. Like weightlifting always been my thing. And it takes... What I find about weight training and as I've gotten older, you know, being 28 and just conditioning your body, weight training, bodybuilding, it's like most people aren't capable of doing this shit. 
you know, seriously, because it takes a, a level of discipline. It takes a high level of discipline. It takes a high level of focus, you know, to literally take your body and mold it into this image that you feel you want to mold it into. You know, a lot of people aren't able to do that. There's a lot of factors in society that keep people from doing that. Like, you know, the, the clubs, alcohol, drugs, you know, for a lot of men, women, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the, it's the thing that, you know, that really keep guys from kind of, you know, really chasing that their physique or the goal that they have at hand. So, uh, yeah, man, like I just, just something I always want to do. I, and I always wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. Now I never thought I'd be it this quick, you know, at 28, I never thought I'd, well, I turned pro at 27. So turn pro at 27. Like I never thought I would do it this quickly, but I mean, I, I put in the work, man. <laughs> I put in yeah. The work. Yeah. So a, lot of, just, um, a lot of people don't realize that bar and women and stuff, that's always going to be there. You got, yeah, a short, exactly. you got a short time to really get much out of your youth. Like all that shit's always going to be there. Just like I tell people that start dieting and they think they're never I was like, dude, McDonald's is not going out of business. You'll be able to eat that shit once you get to a point to where you're but happy. And you want to maintain. Right. Yeah. And that's what I tell my clients, man. Like I do, I do lifestyle, you know, coaching. And I tell all my clients, this: the biggest problem I find with people is, not the workouts, like people are willing to actually go in the gym and, and do the work, but it's the food. It's the discipline of the food and alcohol, you know? Yeah. And I tell people this, like, you're literally letting food and alcohol kick your ass. Like, you have to understand, you're doing all this work. You're doing all this work throughout the week from Monday, because a lot of my clients train either from Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. Like, yeah. you're putting all this work in throughout the week, and once the weekend hits, you're letting this shit kick your ass. You know, and then, yeah. and then when Monday morning comes, you're literally starting over, man. People don't understand how detrimental just alcohol and bad eating is to your physical progress. Yeah, it's um, at the time you think it'll be great, but then you evaluate yourself before and after and you're in the same spot. You didn't go forward any. So it's it's uh, but people are always about um, when you're young, you don't think about this shit. But, you know, me being a heavy drinker growing up and looking back. You know, because I, I haven't drink since it's been, it'll be 10 years next month since I've had anything. And uh, I started realizing, like, dude, if I would have gotten that, if I had gotten this message 10 years prior, imagine how much further I'd be along now. Because it, just that one thing, like, cascaded into eating and stuff and held me back for a long time to where I was in the same spot every Monday morning I woke up. You know, people don't realize it's not, when you look back, you're like, that's yeah, not worth it. I mean, you got a couple of good stories, but shit, these stories could have happened after I got my shit done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like in me, you know, as far as drinking with me, like I've I've literally never taken a sip of alcohol in my life. Like never. Yeah. I mean, family my family has alcoholism that runs through. Like my father's yeah. a fucking drunk. Uh, so yeah, like, my, my mom's side like, is. So, yeah. Yeah, like living living amongst that from 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 you know from one to eighteen, like living with a fucking bumbling drunk all my life. You know, as a child, as I grow up, as I grew up, I was like, Wait, I don't want to touch this shit because I I yeah. see the trauma that it, that it would cause me, you know, living amongst that shit as a kid. So like now, now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to touch this shit, man. Like seriously, because I, I, me personally, I have an addictive personality. Like yes, I've right. always recognized that I have an addictive personality. So if I do something and I like it, I'm going to want to do it a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, no, I get you. Right. So I take that with weightlifting and bodybuilding. It's like, it, it, it's become my addictive, it's become my addiction, you know? Yeah. And it's something that, I mean, and even now, like it's something I eat off of, you know, I mean, I, that's, I don't have a nine to five. That's what I do. I'm an online coach, lifestyle coach, personal trainer. Like that's what I do. Like I've, I've six, thank God, you know, through the grace of God, I've been able to take my passion and actually eat off of it. Um, 
So that's it's a that's blessing, a, dude. When you can do that, it's a it's a blessing because a lot of people can't turn what they like into into pay income. It's income. They can't. They have to do it on their off time, but they can't find a way to make it work. Right. Exactly. Exactly, man. So you know, I thank God for it every day. You know, and this sport has taken me the just the sport and the passion has taken me, dude, across the country, man. Places I never thought I'd be. Like, I mean, I'm looking back. We had Universe in Charleston where I won my pro card, that is literally the same, the same venue is where I got my ass handed to me two years prior at my first national show. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, like everything just comes full circle. And I, and I always like to do that. I always like to compare because it just shows you how far you've come. You know, if you can, if you can look back two years prior and like, oh man, I got my ass bust. And then, <laughs> and then two years later, you come and, you know, you win in this same venue, something that you've been trying to get for all these years. I mean, that's an accomplishment, man. I just like to, you know, look at things in that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's doing this sport, particularly or life in general. There's a lot of things in this sport you can take into life. But one of them is when you're going towards something you want, there's going to be multiple chances for you to bail. It's, it'll be for once it'll be being tired. For once it'll be the diet. For once it'll be, you know, you're like, I usually use example, so your car breaks down, so you don't go to the gym. There's going to be instances all the time that's going to test you. And that's with any goal in life. Like you could yeah. be on the way of starting a corporation and you could hook up with the wrong girl and she could ruin your career just because you dumped her. I mean, there could be all kinds of stuff. So um, there has to be a little bit of selfishness and it's not a bad thing. Like me and Dibs, like here we talked about on the other show, you know, it, it's not a bad thing if, um, it means there's going to be success and, and bringing other people with you, you know, the people that support you and stuff. It's different. Um, yes. Yeah. So you do have to, and this is one of my weaknesses is you have to worry about yourself sometimes. And um, because if you, oh, you start, if you worry about everybody else too much, you're going to worry about the wrong person. They're going to drag you down. Yep. So there's, there's tons. The point is there's tons of times, no matter if it's bodybuilding life, whatever, you're going to be tested and you're going to, and usually that's when, if you can make it through that, you're going to level up a little bit. So um, it, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, when you went to, what was the biggest difference you noticed when you went from doing this yourself to getting a coach? When I went from coaching myself to being coached? Yeah, when you, when you, saw, when you, when you got beat and then you, you try to do it yourself a little bit, and then you went and you got a coach to help you. What was the biggest difference oh, that you saw? Just, just, yeah, I mean, just the educational part of it. Like, I mean, I tell people this all the time, like, I don't give a damn what level you're on. You can be a novice. You can be national level NPC. You can be high level IFBB. Like you need a coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, for me, it was more of just having somebody there, just to, as a as a second eye. You know, as a professional eye, um, somebody there to tell me, okay, this is what we need to improve on. Okay, this is what we need to do. Um, you know, okay, let's let's go this route. Let's change this up. You know, you just, you, you need that. I mean, it, it helps you in a lot of ways because when you're coaching yourself, like you're not, you're not more, you're not going to be really willing to critique yourself. You're not, you're just not going to be really that, that willing to critique yourself and say, okay, I need to improve this. I need to improve that. But having somebody else there that has done it and it has multiple clients that are doing it, the same thing you're doing, they're going to be, and you're paying them, they're going to be honest with you. And it just helps to have that second opinion, you know, that second professional opinion to look out for you. I've um, I've trained other trainers before for cons, honestly, and I, I don't want to make any non-trainer person mad by saying this, but training other trainers is those are usually the clients I really love because they know how it goes and they're going to listen. But yes. one thing I've noticed is that when 
trainers, when some, some trainers try to do their own prep, it's not everybody. But when I first started trying to do my own prep, I noticed a few things. Either we second guess everything. We try to do new stuff when we need to do what works. Cause, cause for me, I'm always trying to learn. So when I prep, I always try to do different stuff to learn. There's sometimes I'll be like, okay, stop fucking around and do what you know works so you can get done. And then, um, there's we or we get this thing that we're invincible because we're a trainer we know all this we can push harder we can do this and sometimes we overdo it those are yeah. the things i know so most of the time when i there's a couple of other trainers i've trained before one came very close to turning pro um so we talk about this and and honestly one of them he would hire me just because he's like i train so many people i don't want to worry about my own shit and right. so he would yeah. so that, but the things i've noticed when you there there are downsides to trying to do your own prep especially when the diet starts messing with you you want to, and I still check myself. I'm like, you know, I keep, I know it's working, but I keep wanting to do this and go harder and harder. Sometimes I have to call a friend up be like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. What do you think? And they'll be like, you need to chill out and just keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's always good to have somebody you can trust at least to mm-hmm. talk to that, mm-hmm. that can bounce ideas off of, you know, I have maybe two people I can talk to that I know won't bullshit. They'll say you have no chance or they'll say you need to change this or whatever, yeah. but try, try to do everything yourself is hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that I feel like that's a, another problem with people that like that want to be self-coach is that they got thin skin, you know, like they can't take somebody else telling them, hey, man, look, I don't think you're ready for this shit. You know, take take a few more months, get ready, um, dial, dial in a little more like a lot of people, especially these days, man, you know, with this whole cancel culture shit, a lot of people just don't like being critiqued. <laughs> don't. It's crazy. Like, I mean, I've had. Truth be told, man, I got friends and I'm I'm not going to call their names. I love I love, you know, these guys to death. They do bodybuilding and they'll they'll send me their pictures, you know, and they have coaches. Right. And they'll send me their pictures and they're like, OK, I need an opinion. You know, but me personally, like if, me, this is just my thing. If you have a coach, I don't like giving my opinion on your physique. Yeah, I'm the same way. Right. Because I feel like that's your coach's job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you if you're paying this man. Why if you're why are you paying this man or this woman? And if you're gonna send your shit to me and listen to me over him or her. Um, but so I, I mean I've had a couple guys they send me their critique, and I'm telling them, I'm like, hey man, like you're not the, the biggest thing for, for most guys in bodybuilding is conditioning. That's the that's the biggest thing because like I said, it takes a certain level of suffering, it takes a certain level of discipline. And a lot of guys like to bullshit that way and they'll say, Oh, well, you know. I should be okay if I drop the water or this, 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 like, nah, man, like you got to fucking dial in and you got to put your head down and you got to work harder. motherfucker. You're not working hard. I know you're not. Uh, so, so it's like, you can't, that's the thing about bodybuilding, man. Like you can't bullshit it. Like you just, you just can't like I, me personally, like I've been through the process multiple times of trying to dial in for a show and I can literally look at you and tell, okay, you ain't doing shit. You're not working hard. So, so it's like, so, it, I mean, so guys do that and, and, and they'll, they'll take offense, you know, but like I said, if you're in a sport that literally bases your bases, your placing off of critique, because that's what judges do. Like once you get on those lights, the judges are there to judge you and critique you. And for a lot of people that's in this sport, they really can't take critiquing. I don't understand that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to have a little thick skin, man. And you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna grow if you don't know what's wrong, and you're not gonna know what's wrong if you don't let people critique you. I mean, the, the, some of your 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 closest friends should be able 
to critique, not be afraid to tell you what they think and critique you. I mean, they should right, tell you. Right. A lot of people, they're afraid, like you said, they're afraid to say stuff because they're afraid people would come after where someone's going to get butt hurt. And it, it yeah. hurts. It hurts. It, it, it makes things harder to do. Um, I'm not like that. I, um, I I'll be honest with people. So, but I, I mean, you. not everybody's like that. I have but, friends, man, that'll literally, before they say, a couple guys in this sport, but before they say, oh man, my conditioning was off, they'll literally blame every fucking thing. And I'm like, dude, it's literally a basis of how hard, how much are you willing to suffer? That's it. You know, like, it's not your coach. It's not the water. It's not, it's not the car puff. It's not that. Like, yeah. it's literally, you have to decide in your mind, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself through this to, for a temporary time to get this look that I want. That's it. Yeah. That's, um, I, I do, I think that you see all these methods for diets and stuff come out and all these numbers and formulas. And I, I use some of them, but I, there is a point where you kind of have to toss those rules out the window and push past that line where the suffering comes in, where it could be like, okay, well, you're not supposed to go under this many calories and stuff. But at the same time, you're like, okay, well, we're, we got to do something that not a lot of people can do or what hasn't been done. So we're going to have to do stuff that you normally don't do. It's, it's only for a short period of time, but there does come a time frame, and how long it is depends on how off you were when you started. Depends on a lot of things, but you do have to break some of the rules to get to that point. And uh, another thing with people can say or blame whatever they want, but everything shows up on stage that night. Everything you did, every mistake you made, it all shows up when you go on stage. And like, I'm real, you know, and it's crazy. Like, social media has done a lot for the sport. I think for the most part, social media has literally propelled the sport to heights it's never been before. But one thing social media does with people is that it gives them this fake illusion, you know, with the filters and shit. Like, I know people, man, that, you know, when they're in a prep or whatever, dude, they're on social media every day posting check-ins, you know? And I'm like, okay, First of all, send this shit to your coach. Um, yeah, you know yeah. Like, it doesn't, why does it matter to you so much? And you're filtering the hell out the photos. You know, the photos are filtered. So why does it matter to you so much what your followers have to say about your physique? You know, me personally, like, when I'm in prep for a show, I don't even tell people, unless it's my coach or my close friends, I don't even tell people what show I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like, I don't tell people I'm in prep. I'm just, I'm just grinding, man, because, like, I know the only the only time that really matters as a bodybuilder, as a high level bodybuilder, is the moment you step on that damn stage. That's what matters. The only opinions that matter at that point is the people that send down below that stage that's going to be judging you and critiquing you. That's it. If you can convince them that, hey man, this guy's the real fucking deal. If you can convince them of that, then you're good. Yeah, this um the internet. You you have you have global expansion with the internet. That doesn't matter if you're a hundred percent wrong or what well on your opinion. You're going to find enough people to agree with you to make you think you're right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's the thing. Like bodybuilding is still a small percentage of the world. It's, yeah. it's, it's less than one percent of the world. So if you got a lot, a bunch of people that's following you that's not into the sport, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're gonna look at you like you're a fucking fitness guy. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna look at you like, oh man, this dude's this dude's the man, you know. But that within itself creates creates an illusion a lot of times. And when you literally step on, it's like CT Fletcher said, you the biggest motherfucker in your living room, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know. So it's like when when that when that when that starts to create that delusion, and you really step on stage with people that's really doing this shit, 
then, you know, it, it, it's going to create, a, you know, a bitterness. You know what I'm saying? Like, people try to blame the judges, all types of shit like that. But, man, like, come on, man. You just, you, you got to, it, it's not that. You know, you just got to stop paying so much attention to these people on social media that's telling you, oh, you know, oh, you got it. You the man. Like, dude, these people don't know what the fuck bodybuilding even is. You know what I'm Yeah, and I think, I think hearing too much of that will get you to a point to where you're like, well, you know, all these people say I'm pretty good to go. So, you know, I'm just going to coast in. We really, they need to keep grinding. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got, man, I got buddies in, you know, like, they, they'll tell me, oh, such and such in the gym said, you know, I look, I look great. I look amazing. Like, yeah, but this person has never done bodybuilding a day in their life. Like, to, to them, you're just, you, yeah, you look great. You're a guy walking around, you're probably one of the biggest guys in the gym. Yeah, you look great to them. But, like, dude, at the end of the day, why does it matter what they think? i mean don't be wrong i love compliments i'll take a compliment any day but when i'm getting ready for a show when i'm priming for a show like it does not matter what anybody feels about my body or my physique except for my coach the guy that's guiding me through this that's it you know And, and i mean with social media it's been a lot of just everybody has an opinion like everybody throws their opinion in and out in and out when 99% of these opinions have no type of knowledge or expertise on the fucking sport anyway. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, the, I, I remember a guy, I can't remember who it was many, uh, many years ago when I first started trying to bodybuild and I didn't know shit. I'll go up and get my ass beat. And I'd be like, what happened? When now I look back, I'm like, I know exactly what fucking happened. I didn't do my shit, but I'd be in the gym and, you know, it, the guy told me, he's like, listen, you look good in them gym mirrors, but gym shapes, not stage shape. Like you'll be in here, the lighting. So I think some of those mirrors are made wavy to make you look bigger. When you get on stage, it's completely different. So if you look good in your tank top, that don't mean shit when you dress down and get painted and get on stage. So don't be fooled by what people are telling you in here. I, I personally, I don't. And that's why I like um, Iron Hawaiian. So well. one of the reasons why I like Iron Hawaiian so much is that there aren't a lot of mirrors around there. No, it's not. You know, <laughs> there are a lot of mirrors. You know, I mean, it's just a, it's just hardcore. You come in, you grinding, and you're putting your work in. It's it's a hardcore atmosphere where people are there to train and work and not admire themselves in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm 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 real big on that, man. Like, I personally, right now, I know for a fact I have to grow. So what I do is when I go train, I put my hoodie on, I put my headphones on, and I'm there to to train. I'm there to grow. Like that's it. Um. It's just with social media, man, it's just a lot of, it's the, I call them ignorant experts. It's a lot of ignorant <laughs> experts. <laughs> That's what I call them. I, I call them ignorant experts because it's like, everybody has an opinion, but when you ball down to it, nobody knows shit when it really falls yeah. down to it, man. Yeah. It is. Now, see, the thing about, thing about Iron Wine is that we don't have a lot of mirrors, but if you want to do picture stuff, we have a place for that. We have this posing stage. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, like, take it over there. Yeah, you take it, you go right. over there and do it. But when you're in the gym for training, you're there to train. You're not there to take off your shirt and pose and stuff while everybody's trying to work right. out. Right, absolutely. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. a whole space. You know what I mean? Like, with there, there's places to do it that if you want to, you know, pose and do all that, you can do yeah. it there. I mean, if you're if you're if you're in there on that gym floor, you're training. You yeah, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly got to where I prefer squatting without a mirror because I'm not looking at the mirror and I'm not coming forward. If I look up. I'm not, and I'm trying to feel for it instead of look for the form. I squat a lot better, so I'm glad there's no mirrors on the walls in there. That's a lot better. Deadlift, deadlift too. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I love the deadlift. So it's like when I'm deadlifting, I don't, I don't want mirrors. I don't want nothing in there like that. I just want to get my weight and I want to pull it. That's it. 
Yeah, I think if people go by how it feels rather than how you're looking, I think their form would be better because there's a certain feel. There's a way you can tell how things are lined up. And if, oh, yeah. for, for instance, if your head is forward, your body follows your head. So if you're looking down, you're going to start arching your back and folding forward. So, and, yeah. But there's a mirror in front. When you're squatting, people want to look in that mirror. I'm like, dude, look up. So I'm glad there's no mirrors in the squat racks and shit because I don't have that problem anymore. Yep. yep. So, yep. There you go. Now, when, when you were doing – your preps, especially, I know, I, I remember when I heard you were training the humidity down there, getting ready for this. I was like, dude, that guy's fucking nuts. When you would um, go through that, <laughs> yeah, because um, you were like doing like hitting shit outside, weren't you? Over that heat, oh, yeah. humidity. God damn, yeah, yeah that's I was, insane. I was, yeah, I was doing heat. I was doing weightlifting, all that outside. Like ninety, dude, ninety mm-hmm. percent of my prep was outside. Yeah, like and it's humid as shit down there. I've been down in that area, dude. It's nasty. Oh, dude, it's uncomfortably like like it's it it literally. We just had a cold front come last night, but before the cold front came, now mind you, it's October. It was still in the nineties here. God. So what? Yeah. What was the um, mentally? What was the biggest obstacle that you faced, and then how did you overcome that? Like, what was there any points where you kind of get second quick question? I mean, I know people can stay pretty laser focused, but there has to be a time when you're just like, dude, what the fuck? Or you start, something gets in your head, you have to get out of it. Like, what was the biggest one for you? My my thing, this last prep, actually, I think my biggest obstacle was the whole, um, okay, so with COVID, right, I, I actually wasn't supposed to do universe. I wasn't. I was supposed to do the show the week before Universe. I was supposed to do the uh, the Puerto Rico Pro, the Puerto Rico Championships. Um, and I was, you know, they have a pro qualifier there, but you just got to win overall. But me and my coach were pretty confident that we can win overall in, in, in one of, in, in at least one of the categories. Yeah. Um, so my biggest problem was just the whole COVID restrictions and, and trying to see like, okay, how, when, how can I get over here? Um, okay, what's it, what are they going to do next? Um, I, then I had my passport problems. Like that was my biggest obstacle, man. Like the actual physical part of prep, it was cool. I was cool with it. You know, I mean, I've always, I, I have a, I have this tick with me to where like, I can literally block out every fucking thing and just go laser focused on an obstacle. If I can control it, my thing is, if I can control it, I'm good on it. You know, but I tend to sometimes stress over things that I can't control. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, like me and my coach was like, at, at I think at like the two, three week mark, we were like, okay, fuck this. We're not going to do this show. We're just going to go do universe. He's like, it's a bigger show. You, you, you I mean, you're probably going to have a lot more competition, but we're comfortable that I'm comfortable that no matter what show you do, you're going to do well. I was like, All right, cool. So um, after that, I was laser focused on universe and we did it and we came out. But um, I think that was the biggest problem for me was the passport issues I was having, um, just the whole COVID thing. Not yeah, because I didn't even I didn't know that they were going to have it in the Bahamas instead of Puerto Rico. You know, so they had it in they had it in the Bahamas because you know the whole COVID thing, and so I had to figure out some passport issues, and I, and I mean I couldn't get it figured out in time, so I was like, all right, fuck it, we're just going to do universe. So that was really my biggest obstacle this trip was that. I guess that could have distracted you so much that nothing else could have really gotten in your head, to be honest. That might have been a blessing in disguise. So, like, no yeah. overly, overly yeah. emotional shit bothered you because you were worried about the passport and COVID and stuff. That probably occupied you enough to where it was it helped you out. Um, with with Since you coach other people and you train other people, when you get a new person, what initially, um, do you train a lot of people that are just starting or no? 
Yeah, I would say I would say probably half and half. Okay, yeah, so I with say- people just starting, what's the biggest obstacle you see with them? And then experienced people you train, patience. what do you think? Is a, oh, patience. That's just a yeah. good point. Patience. Uh, people that's just starting, they you know, like I said, social media. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people, that are, people that are just starting, you know, they they follow all these fitness influencers. You know, obviously they follow bodybuilders. They follow these guys. And they and they they have it in their mind that oh I'm gonna do three months of this and I'll be close to that, you know. And I tell guys, man, all the time, like, dude, I've been doing this shit since the spring of '09. Like, I've literally been training every day consistently, dieting since the spring of '09. That's twelve years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even I'm nowhere near where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? And I've done this shit on an expertise level. You know, to a point of where I've gotten to. I've gotten bulky as shit. I've gotten to 3% body fat. Like I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I tell guys all the time, like you have to have a patience. There has to be a certain level of patience to this. You have to be patient. You have to want to put in the time. You have to want to go through the journey. You know what I'm saying? Like the journey is where it's at. You know, if, if, if every day you're getting up and you're like, oh man, I don't look like, um, I'll say, let's say Big Ramy. I don't look like Big Ramy yet. Well, yeah, motherfucker, you're not going to look like him no time soon. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, people people nowadays tend to want to shy away from the work and want to just get to the end result. You know, and that's just not the way shit works in anything. You know, that's not the way it works with money. That's not the way it works with relationships, partnerships bodybuilding, anything in life, like you really have to understand that there's a journey and the journey is long. So you have to just put in the work, apply the time, apply the effort, and eventually you'll get there. But people just don't want to fucking do the journey. You know, I've had people come in, man, and within three weeks, they're frustrated. I'm like, dude, you you haven't even been in this shit a month yet. What do you, what, what, what do you want? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a trainer. I'm not a magician. You know, so it's like, and I tell, a lot of times I tell guys, I have guys who come to me, you know, extremely out of shape. And I tell them, look, listen, it took you a very long time to get this out of shape, right? It probably took you years to get to this point. So don't come to me expecting me to fix this shit in a month because it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if it took you years to get this out of shape, then expect it to take at least, you know, six, nine months a year for you to get in remotely good shape. Yeah. And uh, I think because of the way people are molded through social media and stuff, what they don't realize is if this were so easy to do, I don't think as many people would want it because when you look at it, it's just, you're changing how you look, but then you look at what it takes to get there and it's a very hard thing to achieve. And so that makes it valuable. It's like not everybody can have a Rolls Royce. Not everybody can have a Bugatti. Oh, you know? So, so, so the ones that have it, it, it's it's there's value to it. That's why it costs so much. They're, they're hard to get. So, if if this was a goal that was so easy to get, I don't think a lot of people would want it because there'd be no value in it. But they don't. They can't make that connection. They think, "Well, I can have this in a month." Like, if you could have this in a month, we'd all be fat because we could get in shape with a drop of a hat whenever we wanted to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, there's there, there's there's literally. And I tell guys all the time, like, you can't, there's, there's, there's a level, you know, to everything in life. You know, I got, I have guys like, and I look at, like I said, I see so much shit 
you know, with social media and everything, like I'll have guys come to me, man, Dre, I'm trying to get abs like you. And then you see them on the weekend, Friday night, they take it shot after shot in the club, <laughs> bottle of champagne, 20 hot wings. Like, man, like you, you have to apply a certain, if anything you want in life. And it's crazy because, you know, I feel like we in fitness, we have to explain this more than anybody else, but it should be obvious. There has to be a certain level of discipline if you want anything in life. Like you just said, if you want a Rolls Royce, you have to have Rolls Royce discipline. You have to have Rolls Royce work at, you know what I'm saying? Like there has to be a certain point to where you have to laser focus in and say, okay, I want this. So if I want a fucking, if I want fucking washboard abs, then I have to do this for this amount of time to get washboard fucking abs. And if I'm not willing to do this to get washboard abs, then I should stop fucking saying I want washboard ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? And it's just, it's just, that's just how it is, man. Like you can't, and I feel like it, it should be obvious, you know, because there's other play, there's other avenues in life where people know this. You know, people understand that if I want to be a millionaire, I have to apply this certain work ethic to be a millionaire. But in fitness, for some reason, people look at us and they're like, oh, well, I can just half-ass it to look like that. No, you can't. No, there's um, there's and there, there's a token few people that maybe have had the Rolls Royce given to them or maybe were born with good genetics. But at the same time, it's like still, number one, they're not going to value it as much. So there, there's a good chance that they're going to lose it or they'll wreck the car right, or, they'll, right. or they'll get out of shape and they won't know how to get it back. Or And there's a lot of good instances where people with with bad genetics have outworked people with good genetics. Yes. So the work still has to be there for at a certain point. So if there's somebody, yeah, he's always looked like that. Well, he doesn't know how to get there, though. So if he ever falls out of shape, he's going to have to get somebody like us to get him back there because he's he's lost it and he doesn't know how to get it. And I have that a lot of times, you know, I'll see, especially like I'll see with younger with younger guys, younger women to where they when they were 21, 22 years old, you know, the metabolism was there. You know, they didn't have to work as hard to be lean and be shredded, you know, but as you get older, that metabolism disappears slowly, yeah. but it disappears. And for guys, as you get older, that testosterone starts to deteriorate, you know? So you have to understand that at some point, the work has got to, the work has to come in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I tell guys like right now, I work with a lot of guys that's in their twenties, you know, and they don't really value the the habits of training the habits of actually dieting and i tell guys like this is where you establish these lifelong habits you know this is where because right now you're in your 20s late 20s early 30s you may not have kids you may not have a family but at some point you you're most likely you're going to get kids you're going to get a family and you're not going to have as much time to establish these habits so right now, while you don't have these responsibilities, as much responsibilities, it's time for you to establish these habits. That way, when you do get a kid, when you do get a family, a wife, you already have these habits established. So you're going to make time to do the shit. No matter how busy you are, you're going to always make time to do the shit because you established these habits 10 years ago. That's a very good point. I think that's why kids should get more into into either sports or some type of extra after school activities because it teaches them those principles. Yes, absolutely. It teach, and I mean, it's crazy, man, because I know when I was a kid, like that was established, you know, like, yeah, you're going to do something outside of school. You're going to get yeah. into something because you need to establish these these principles, these this work ethic, this this discipline. You need to get into something like. But nowadays, man, like 
I think the problem nowadays is that just being unhealthy has become fucking normalized for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah that's a good point, man. Yeah, and I mean, I, I tell there's I, I tell people all the time, like, look, I'm not telling you, and I feel like sometimes I come off, when I say this, you know, as a pro bodybuilder, I come off as being an asshole, right? You know, I come off as being this fit asshole jerk that wants everybody just to be in extreme shape. That's not the case. You know, I don't want everybody to be just a bodybuilder or extreme shape, but there's a certain level of health that comes into play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's been this push that everybody has to be, everybody has, everybody wants acceptance, right? Even the people that, that walk around, they fucking 400 pounds and they'll tell you, oh, well, I gotta be comfortable. Well, no, that's not comfortable. You're unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you have to get in shape. You have to get healthy, not only for you, but your loved ones. Like, I'm sure there are people that love you. I'm sure the people that, that there are people that want you to live, you know what I'm saying? And be healthy and be happy. But everything now is so fucking normalized, man. Like, I feel like me, a lot of times, I feel like being the fit guy is just being the the whole, just far-fetched. Like, it's, 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 you're frowned upon for being fit. <laughs> yeah, I think the only I think the only people who didn't do anything after school when I was in school was either people I'd go home and work. I'm from like middle of nowhere country, dude. Like they probably all white, middle of nowhere. So I mean, you would either go home to do chores and work on the farm or something, or you did something. You didn't just go back home. It was kind of weird. And now it seems like it's almost the opposite. It is like you got kids now, man. Like they'll go home and immediately just pop on a fucking video game. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, or, you know, the iPad or something like, dude, like, I mean, I don't It's just like physical activity has become just far fetched to people like, oh, you, you, you exercise, you work out like, oh, my God, like, dude, come on, man. Like, at some point, you have to initiate this shit in your life or you're going to become extremely out of shape. You're going to become extremely unhealthy, extremely sick. Um but I mean, even now, I mean, I don't know your feelings toward the whole COVID thing, but even now, like you got a whole government telling people that they can take a shot and be healthy. So that's. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I could go, I could go on a rant about that, but yeah. And everybody's just, uh, since they're already conditioned in that, they just, they go with it. It's, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. you guys have no knowledge about human immunity or health or none of this shit or else oh, you would be going out and doing that. Right. I mean, when, when you have a, a government during a fucking pandemic, that shuts down gyms. Like yeah. you can't walk into a gym in a in a health in a in a pandemic that's supposed to threaten your health. You can't go to a place that's there to get you healthy. You know what I'm saying? But on the flip side of things, you can go to McDonald's and buy a fucking Big Mac. Yeah, you know? we were we were sanitizing before sanitizing was a fucking thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. We were also taking vitamins before taking vitamins was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we were taking vitamins. We were doing the things that established you. I mean, I probably get sick maybe once every two years. You yeah, know, thank God. But the reason reason being for that is because I put in the time, I put in the things into my body that keeps my immune system rolling. You know, like now I have arguments. Well, I wouldn't say arguments, but I have debates on weekly with people on social media that's telling me, oh, it doesn't matter that you're healthy. You can still die from COVID. Well, I mean, fuck, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean you shouldn't try though i mean there's a good chance that you won't if you yeah, got you're talking right. about maybe a random there may be yeah, one free case oh. here and there but you're using that one free case to justify sitting on your ass for the rest of your life right. precisely precisely i mean it's it's dude it's i mean dude i tell people all the time man we live we live in a fucking matrix man like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean common like and i mean truthfully told dude like common sense Literally, I feel like there is a, a a majority push to make common sense illegal. Like, I, it, it's crazy. It baffles me. Like, I have these debates with people, and I feel like this shit should be common sense. Like, this shit should be common knowledge. Like, if you do things that's that's going to support your health, your chances of being healthy increases, right? Like, that's common knowledge, but it's just not so fucking common anymore. Like, it's just like... It, it baffles me, dude. Like, it used to give me a headache. Like, I literally would sit and talk to these people, and it would give me a, a fucking headache. I'm like, dude, it's no, like, what's wrong with you? But, <laughs> but, but now, now, you know, it's just like, okay, if you, if you feel that way, feel that way. I can't change your opinion. You can't change my opinion. We're just going to agree to disagree. I uh, One of the first things I noticed when I started doing this job around 10 years ago was that there is a ton of preventive measures probably called preventive medicine and diet and training you go to a doctor they're like a band-aid like oh there's something wrong just take this it'll fix it you come to us and instead of giving you blood pressure medication or cholesterol we're like okay well this is happening because this so if we put in these omega fats and we control this intake then we can actually fix this permanently we can find why it's going like this and we can fix this permanently to where you won't have to take medication my first client my first client um was one of my first ones, he had heart, he had cholesterol and blood pressure and we fixed his intake of like omega three and six. We, we fixed his diet within a month or two. This doctor said, you don't need the beds anymore. And I said, dude, you see, you see this, this is, I'm not saying it's a staple case for every person. I'm talking about one specific incident, but it shows that when you start doing this type of stuff and I don't mean competing, I mean, just going to the gym and eating right and exercising, it can fix a lot of problems that you're taking synthetic man-made medication to fix. Yes. Absolutely. Even the pressures of the endorphin releases and stuff. People are having to take medication for that shit when they can yeah. get it by going to the gym and moving around a little bit. And man, that's crazy that you that you bring that up because that I can honestly say, like, dude, before, you know, me personally, a lot of times when I lift, when I train, it's more mental than physical. Yeah. It, you know, I like I literally will, will I'll do something, some bullshit will go down and I'm in a shitty mood. I'm like, OK, let me go lift, you know, and after after my session, I feel a hundred times better. I feel like a new man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, what? No, of course the training didn't solve the problem, but it helped me to clear my mind. It helped me to to, to not sink into a dark level of depression or anger. You know, because that shit it multiplies. If you keep, if you let that get to you, and you start sinking down, like it just multiplies. Like the amount of bad shit that starts uh, happening. Absolutely. I, I said, I, I said this. Past two days, I've told somebody this. Look at people that always think negative and always play victim. There is constantly bad shit that happens to them all the time. All the time, right. So you exactly. have to, you have, right. exercising something, you have to do something to put you in more positive aspects so that stuff starts turning around. Right, absolutely, absolutely. It's just, it, 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 it killed, like, and I say this all the time, man, I, you know, the people that sell, the people that sell the, the, the remedy usually are the ones behind the fucking sickness. You know, what I'm saying? I, like, I, I, I'll agree with you on that, man. I really will agree with right. you. That's makes no, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, I, I feel that way, you know, and I just think that at, at the end of the day, it's about life habits. You know, you establish these life habits 
to a point to where, you know, certain things don't really get to you. They don't really get in your circle. Um, I mean, dude, like during the whole, and that's what I was telling my, I was, I was, I just say to my family, my friends all the time. And, um, back when COVID hit, you know, they were saying, oh, you're supposed to take some vitamin D and take vitamin C and take this and take that. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to do this shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, not like, I mean, one, 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 this chick I know, she was like, oh, well, you know, I've been going out and getting my daily sunlight because Dr. Fauci said it helps prevent COVID. I'm like, you're supposed to go outside. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> There's specific <laughs> vitamins you get from simply being outside. Yes. Dude, dude it's like it, me, me being just in fitness, you know, a fitness professional, it, it baffles me just, you know, I'm having to, to reiterate, okay, you're supposed to do this shit anyway. This is basic health. Like, this is not something that's going to help you fight off some boogeyman virus. Like this is basic health. Yeah. <laughs> your kid, your kids are, your kids are supposed to get dirty. You're supposed right. to be around people. You're not supposed yes. to breathe it. There's all kinds of stuff. They're telling us we're like, dude, you know, like 10 years ago, they'd be telling us the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, Cause yeah. like it, the, it's all the, the immune system. Like I, I was talking to a guy who was a doctor. He says, I let my kids get dirty as shit. How in the hell are they supposed to have an immune system when they get older? Yeah. There you, you know? There you go. Exactly. Exactly. And when I mean, you're over sanitizing everything. You're not exposed to stuff. So you're not building an immunity to anything that's out there. You're becoming like this, this very clean sanitized thing. So the littlest thing hits you and you go down. It's like, it's like the story. I can't think of um, when I was a kid, the story of the, the, the guy in the bubble, you know, the guy that fucking lived in the bubble. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That, that's what it is, man. Like it's crazy that, you know, shit that's being promoted now, you know, like you said, 10 years ago, it's shit that we would laugh at. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> right, it's shit that we would laugh at as humor, you know, like, okay, that, that, that's stupid, you know, but now it's literally being promoted as shit that you should do. And it's just like, dude, come on, man. Like, I just, I don't know. It, it's a shake my head moment. That's really all I could do because when the shit start, first started, I used to get so angry about it, but now I just shake my head. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, I want to ask you one more thing before we go, what is when you experience, when you train people that are experienced, people that come from another coach, what is the one thing you notice that you have to, you have to fix or biggest problem that you have with them? Patterns and habits, patterns and habits. Um, Absolutely. People, people that come from other coaches, they, they already have this mindset of how it should go. And um, I tell, I just had a guy, (laughs) I'm not going to call his name. (laughs) I just had a guy. Um, he eventually left left because he couldn't get out of the mind frame of what his old coach used to do. Well, he used to do it this way. Like, why can't we do it this way? And in my head, I'm like, dude, if you were satisfied or if you were getting the results that you got this way, then you wouldn't have came over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like there was something over there that made you dissatisfied or that had you to a point to where, okay, I'm tired of this shit. I need to change. So you came over here. So now that you're over here and I'm showing you how to do it my way, then you can't, you can't retract. You can't regress and want to do it this way. Um, and that, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest problem I have, man. And people, people, a lot of times I've noticed this just in humans in general, humans are creatures of habit, yes. you know, we're, we're creatures of pattern. So that's the hardest thing is breaking these people from these habits and these patterns that they already have, especially when they've been doing them for a while, because some people, you know, they, they stay with coaches for a year, two years, you know, 
So it's like when you've been doing it this way for so long, it's just kind of hard for certain people to break out of that habit. Yeah. I, uh, one of the lines I use a lot when I come into this incident is because I tell them, it's like, hey, man, you came to me. So obviously I'm doing something right. So you need to yeah. listen and figure out what it is. Like, don't, yeah. Or if they'll say, well, my old coach said, well, like you said, like, well, obviously it didn't work, man. You, you, I didn't come hunt you down. You came to me. You came to me. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and that, that, right. It, it frustrates me, man, to where I would have to, I have to reiterate that, especially, you know, with guys that compete, it's like, all right, well, if you were getting the results that you wanted over there, you would not have left. You would have stayed there. Like if me personally, like, I'm satisfied with my coach. I'm not going anywhere. Like you couldn't yeah. pull me away from it because I'm satisfied. So if you're not sad and I've left coaches before because, you know, different things that causes me to leave, you know, I'm not satisfied with results. I don't think his, his program fits me, whatever, whatever. But there's something that causes you to go to the other side. So if you're going on this side, then listen to me, value what I'm saying and don't fucking pull back every time I give you something to do. Yeah. You have to go in there with a clean slate and with the new, um, I, you, I mean, you, you know, the basics, but you like, if somebody's been to a coach, they've done a few contests, I would expect them to listen more, but at the same time, I expect them to come over with a clean slate, like ready to learn, like not ready to question, just be like, okay, I'm going to approach this. Like I did the first time I ever had a coach. I'm going to do everything. And you know, and right. if it doesn't work out, then we'll troubleshoot. You know, sometimes, um, when I've worked with other trainers, um, they come to me with that mental, but when stuff starts getting snacked and me and him will troubleshoot, we'll figure it out. Like that's different. Like we both, but when you come to me and you're like, Hey, do what this guy like, no, fuck no, dude. I know, you know, you, you need to come in here ready to learn because not every coach does. And there could be, you know, he could probably could have done this because his program requires that. So it's a puzzle. And so if I'm doing, if I take that aspect to put it into my puzzle, it's not going to work. Like see people, they don't know how all this works. Like a program involves multiple different items. And those items all have to be there. So if um, they want me to change, like you look at other coaches' programs, well, they did this different. Yeah, because they're doing all this other stuff and it fits, but it doesn't fit the way I do it. There's a hundred ways yes. to do this stuff. So when you go into the new coach, you need to take it all in and at least at least get through it before you start criticizing. There you go. That's it. So. And I mean, even, you know, I've had, I've, you know, like I said, my first coach, I stayed with him for, I would say nine, almost a year, almost a year. And, you know, I can honestly say, like, every prep isn't the same. No, All preps not. are different. All preps are different. So it's like, I hate when people come in and they're like, oh, well, we, I didn't do prep like this last time. Well, dude, even if you would have stayed with your coach, you wouldn't have did the same shit you did last prep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially if, if it didn't get you an overall or if it didn't get you a pro card. Like, there, no preps are the same, dude, because your body is constantly changing. You're, you're, you're constantly going under changes you're adding muscle you're burning fat like it's never the same so it's just like getting people to break that habit and that pattern in their head dude it's, it's a fucking struggle man like it's, it's a struggle yeah. sometimes it never works and like even with with bodybuilding bodybuilding is an ego-driven sport you know yeah. whether whether you like it or not it's an ego-driven sport and a lot of these guys they have egos to a point to where they can't break the habits that they have because they feel like okay, this, this is what I need to do. This is going to get me over. And if your ego is to that point, then you should never even come to a fucking coach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you should never go to a coach. Like, I mean, you have to take, just leave your ego and arrogance at the door. Like, literally. Yeah. It's, um, 
same when you go into the gym too. I see people bring their ego in there and it gets the best of them. You have to, you have to be humble. You have to be able to listen and um, at least do it before you start criticizing. It's, it's just, yeah. I think yes. um, I, I, I've, I have had people that can't, or they, they have a hard time listening. It's like they, they want to do it, but it's just something about them where they think they're, they're losing or they're weak because they're listening. Like, no, dude, some of the smartest CEOs and strongest people in the world had people that advised them all the time. And yeah. they had the best advisors and that's how, and that's how they made it was because the stuff they didn't know, they had the best knowledge person that didn't know that next to them. And they listened to that. Guy. Dude, it's teamwork, man. <clears throat> like it, exactly like, and it's crazy that, like I said, in bodybuilding and fitness, we have to explain certain shit that in other avenues or in other areas of life, it's obvious. Like it's obvious that for me, if I want to get to a certain point, I can't do this shit myself. Yeah. I can't. I need a team around me. I need a team of people around me that's going to push me, that's going to give me a, a higher level of expertise, a higher level of knowledge. Like, I can't do this shit myself, you know? But whenever people come into bodybuilding, for some reason, they have this mentality that, oh, I got it. I can do it myself. Like, no, you don't. That's a good point. <laughs> that's that's a good point, man. I think when people do come into this sport, they they downplay it in their head and they don't treat it even though it's something they want, they don't treat it the same as becoming a millionaire or getting that car or owning a business. Oh. And it's like, you got to treat it the same way. Anything you want to be the best at, you have to treat like that. Yes. My, Michael Jordan had a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach for the whole, this whole time. Like um, uh, Grover, Tim Grover was his coach. You're like, Jordan had a coach? Like, hell yeah, he had a coach. Yeah. And yeah, these, I, that's I, how these guys work. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like, I mean, you just have to, you have to leave the ego at the door. You just have to understand it takes a team. And like literally, if you see the best physiques on the planet, like Olympia was just last weekend, the best physiques on the fucking planet, these guys have a team around them that are advising them, that are giving them tips and, and expertise. And, you know, just every, every single day, a lot of these guys even go to camps. You know, they are in camp where they're, they're developing this physique with guys around them that are helping them day by day get to this certain level. Look at the camel crew. They have a whole team of people for those athletes down there. And, yeah. you know, Brandon Curry is very gifted in, in some aspects that he has. And I, I've seen him before and after Kuwait. And when you see how much bigger he got after, like I've seen him in person both times. And I was yeah. like, that's the difference with somebody that people thought was going to be the new streamlined bodybuilding look that they thought he was already chiseled out for it. And now you see him with a team of people and you're like, what the fuck, man? The amount of difference he made. Yeah. So it shows like even the best people need can do better with a with a team. And you know, those those yeah. guys down there in Kuwait, they don't fuck around. No. They no, take great all. athletes and push them to a level. Like when Roly went down there, I thought Roly was a freak. When he went to Kuwait, you're like, holy shit, he had no idea he could get up to that point. Yeah. <laughs> you, they, 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 you're breaking past plateaus, you're breaking past other, you're pushing towards higher levels. And you need you need a team, the right team around you for that. Now a lot of now, and you don't need hanger-ons or yes, your yes man's. You need people yeah, around, yeah. You, honest, and that's going to give you this expertise to where they can push you to the next level. Yeah. A lot of and a lot of times, like you know, I don't, and I say this to a lot of a lot of guys that's even trying to get to the professional level. You know, I tell this to people like, look, you can't fucking train with everybody. You know, <laughs> you can't train with everybody. Like. You, if if you if you're training with people constantly and you're always the biggest motherfucker in the group, you're always the strongest motherfucker in the group. Then you need new training buddies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can't train with everybody. Man, I see guys, you know, that's even trying to get their pro card. Like they'll go train with their their, their girlfriend that's not even competing 
that's just, you know, trying to get in shape. That's cool. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. It's romantic as shit. But, dude, you're in prep. You're trying to get to another level. You need to find you somebody that's going to fucking push you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Somebody's going to get in your face. And, like, when you're too tired, they're going to call you a pussy until you get back down there and yeah, get the shit done. Yeah. That's what you need. Actually, like, man, you need to be uncomfortable. Like, that. that is the level of growth. And, and that's, again, that's in anything. But I think the thing with bodybuilding is a lot of times the uncomfort level is a physical uncomfort level. And people just tend to not like to be un- unco- physically uncomfortable for an extended period of time. Yeah, they don't. It's, it's, uh, we talked about this in the last interview I did where it's like you, you have to deal with everyday life on top of the prep and the uncomfortable is just adding on top of it. It weighs down on a lot of people and you're like, this is what's going to make or break you right here, man. So if you can't handle this, you need to hang it the fuck up. This is getting yes. tested. It's, it's like, yeah, these, these pros, that's all they have to worry about. But when they first started, it wasn't like that. They all worked regular jobs. They all did this shit and they had to deal with this stuff just like you did. That's why they're pros now because they got through it. There's levels. Like these pros, you know, like people look at these pros all the time. Like people got them saying like, man, these pros, they broke, they, they're, there's levels. Like they, when they started, they were doing the same shit. Like they broke, but they broke past those levels. They pushed past those levels. And now, you know, they've become the 1% of the sport to where all they have to worry about is fucking building their bodies. And they're, they're eating off this shit. You know, and how many, how many, how many Olympias did Ronnie win before he finally retired as a cop? He was a cop for like four or five of those win- wins. Yeah. Time cop. yeah exactly. Exactly. On top of you touring know. Europe, like, cause they do the grand prix tour. That's like 12 shows back to back. They would do in the nineties and they would tour. These yeah. guys worked all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody, and it's a sport, man. Everybody has their struggles, you know, outside of the sport. You know, that's what I tell people all the time. Every, everybody, if you're in this sport, you got you got your struggles. You got your you you got the shit going on outside, but it's up to you, you know, to just tunnel tunnel vision, man. You gotta have that tunnel vision. I think I think one problem some people have is they get into the sport and they don't have their their life outside the gym together. So it comes in like they want to compete or they want to get in shape, but then you always hear like girl problems or like divorces and stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah you know absolutely. that stuff's gonna happen. But if it's really that big of a deal, you need to go unfuck that shit and then come back. When yeah. your workload's people, lighter. For me, for me, I tell people this, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a type of person. If I, if I'm, if I want a goal, like right now, dude, I'm isolated as shit. Like, I'm isolated yeah. because I'm focused. Like, I'm focused on on a goal at hand. Like, I'm trying to get to Olympia next year. So, like, even now, unless you're a close friend of mine, or you know, an associate, or you're in my immediate circle, chances of you getting getting in and it's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, you stay so busy, it's hard. You stay so busy, it's hard to have anybody in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people do like. I, and I mean, just, just truth be told, there are a lot of people that take away from your focus. Yeah, you know, especially when, like I said, bodybuilding is a small fucking community. It's a small community, so there's a lot of people that don't understand what we do, how we do it. There are going to be a lot of people that, hey man, let's go out to eat. Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Like, nah, man, I no, I can't fucking do it. You know? <laughs> so it's like, so in order for, for me personally to keep from having to constantly explain that shit to people, I'm just extremely isolated. But a lot of yeah. times the people that know me, they know that, okay, this is how Dre getting down. Like Dre not doing this, Dre not fucking with this. So they respect, you know, but anybody that may come in as new, I'm like, nah, man, like I'm, 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 I'm good. You know, I have, I, I have a focus. And like I said, dude, I haven't been to a club Man, it's probably been five or six years. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? I've been that focused. Like, don't drink, none, no shit. Like, I don't have female problems. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I date, you know, but as far as just having females that bring me stress or, you know what I'm saying? It was bullshit like that. Ah, oh, baby, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the you thing is, go. when you get to that point and you get to that Olympia stage and you do well, those guys that were, that didn't understand then, some of them will be like, you know, I got to respect that guy. He cut out a lot of bullshit even when we were trying to get him to go out. Now look where he's at. And it's going to be a little bit of envy there. But it's going to be positive envy. They're going to be like, man, you know, now I see why he did all that because look where he's at. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, people – Oh, there's, there's an end goal, man. Like, And I feel like that's that's the thing, you know. People got to focus on just the end goal. And there yeah. is a lot of shit that if you let it in your circle, it will literally take away from the end goal, Yeah, you know. And that and that that's in anything, you know. But again, like I like we've been reiterating this whole conversation. Sometimes you just have to you, you gotta really refocus on that with bodybuilding because motherfuckers some they feel like bodybuilding is just so different. Like I can, I can I can treat I can treat bodybuilding differently than I do my relationship or my business or my job or whatever is in your life that you value. Feel like you can treat it different. It's no fucking different. It's the same no. thing. Well, uh, Dre, I really appreciate you coming on and talk with us, man. I had a lot of good things to say. And um, I know you're going for the Olympia, so hopefully we'll get to see you over there. I'm going to put all your contact information up if you want for training and stuff. But if there's anything you want to tell everybody or where to go to or whatever, go ahead. Or anything else you want to leave people with. You can follow me on my Instagram uh, at Nukeface, Nukeface of Fitness. Um, Facebook, DeAndre Booker. My actual name is DeAndre. I just go by Dre. DeAndre Booker. Um yeah, so just you know, you can follow me there. I'm starting up a YouTube soon. I just haven't been haven't been able to find a videographer that I really just want to fuck with. But uh, once I, yeah. once I find a once I find a good videographer, you know, I'm I'm starting up my YouTube. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So just follow me there. Interact with me. Uh, I'm very. I, I talk a lot. I talk a lot of shit. Uh, <laughs> so just uh, it, it'll be you know, follow me. Get entertained. Get informed. Uh, it'll be fun. All right, Dre, thanks for talking with us, man. I'll catch you later. Good luck going to get ready for the Olympia. Yes, sir, brother. Appreciate right. you. Thank you. All right.